Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. We've got another very timely and, and I think fascinating topic for you today on Liberty and the Law. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and along with the key contributor to this series, Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore, we're going to discuss a recent ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals Sixth Circuit on a case that may uh, may have impact on many of us in the Chicago suburban area. Uh, the impact to us as individuals, probably quite small, but the impact to local municipalities can be significant. James, I, I think this is going to be a fun thing to discuss. Uh, how about you? Are you ready for this one? I like this case, Jim, and our listeners should know that you brought this case to my attention. So, um, you know, kudos for the for the spot on this one. But I agree, it's it's a it's an interesting case and, and a lot of fun, and uh, it has uh, uh, implications for all of us. You know, not not just those that you know, people consider to be criminals and drug dealers and whatnot. This this can conceivably impact everybody. Yeah, well, and you've you've got me as a trained eye now to look for these interesting cases, and I'm I'm glad it came across this. So it's a, the case in question, it's uh, Taylor versus the city of Saginaw and Hoskins. It raises a Fourth Amendment challenge to to really a very simple and common practice of local police departments um, of chalking tires on parked cars to identify you know those who who overstay their allotted time in restricted parking zones. Um, kind of walk us through this case a little bit, top to bottom here, to get us started, if you would. Well, sure. Uh, it in, involves the, the plaintiff in this case that sued the city of Saginaw and the individual police officer uh, due to their parking enforcement. Uh, they're, they're, and she's alleging that there's a, a Fourth Amendment violation and a violation of her civil rights based on the practice of chalking the tires. And um, what's key here is that chalk is placed on the tire, I think, before any infraction you know, conceivably occurs. So it's before mm-hmm. any, any you know, allegation that the car was there too long is chalked in advance. So when the officer comes back around, he can see, okay, this 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 car has been, you know, I chalked this car. It's it's, it's fair game to write a ticket. So um, it involves the, a challenge to that practice, uh, saying it violates the Fourth Amendment against that it's an unreasonable search and seizure on the part of the government here. And um, on the district court level, the case was actually dismissed. Uh, 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 there was a uh, motion to dismiss the, the cause of action. You know, basically saying that it fails to, to state a cause of action, and that the the practice is lawful on the part of the, the city to do this. And even though the um, you know the action was dismissed, this appellate reached the the district court here for the sixth district, um, which includes Michigan, and we got this decision here, which reversed mm-hmm. the denial or, or the dismissal of the action. So it goes back, and actually this thing gets back in the district court where it will be. You know, placed on its original footing, where this was to work itself into maybe a trial scenario, who knows, but it, it will, you know, there still needs to be a finding um, on whether or not there's a violation that occurred you know, by a jury or a judge later on down the road. So it's going back to be litigated further in the district court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and it, you and I talk about the Fourth Amendment frequently on our conversations here on liberty and the law, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Fourth Amendment doesn't prevent searches, but it prevents those which are deemed to be unreasonable. Correct? Absolutely. That's that's the the, the, the cornerstone of the Fourth Amendment is is whether or not what's the search or seizure that took place, whether or not it's reasonable. 
And traditionally, the Supreme Court has taken the, the position that uh, searches without a, absent a warrant are per se unreasonable. So it's one of those things that, hey, unless there's a, an exception to the warrant requirement, um, you know, it'll be deemed as, as, as unconstitutional search. And if the government wants to you know, prove a, to say that there's an exception to the warrant requirement, the burden's on the government to prove that the exception exists. And, and tell me about the appeals court finding. I, if I read their uh, judgment correctly, they said that the chalking of tires really amounted to a form of trespassing. And it, did I get that right? That's absolutely right. They went back to some, some, uh, you know, the, the, to the common law trespass in in in, in mm-hmm. part of their decision and the uh, Jones decision by the Supreme Court. So they, yeah, they 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 used a property based approach to this to find out. You know, they asked a couple questions. One, does the government was there a trespass on a constitutionally protected area, and was there a trespass to, to gain information, which they ruled in this case the chalk was a form of information gathering because that, that simple act of placing that chalk provided information to that enforcement officer to write that ticket for the violation. So, And, and property is an interesting word. You know, we often think of trespassing property, you know, search taking place in a home. And you and I have, have also talked in past podcasts about the, uh, a diminished level of privacy protection for vehicles. Um, can you kind of resurrect that topic and explain how it might right. have been applied in this case? Right, and we've done a podcast on that that topic before, Jim. And it, really, the, the automobiles, um, because they're they're easily moved, um, evidence can be concealed or go missing if you know officers you know don't see that evidence right away. So there's a kind of what's known as the automobile exception, um, but it, it really still requires the police officers to have probable cause that some crime took place, and, and that that crime would be located or the evidence would be located. In that vehicle, so they still have to prove that there's an exception to having the warrant, you know. But that the exception would be, ah, this is a, it's a, it's an automobile, uh, it's involved in the commission of the crime. We have probable cause to believe that this crime occurred, and this automobile will contain this evidence. So that's the the exception to the to the warrant requirement, because of fears evidence would be lost if if the police did not act upon the probable cause initially. Well, probable cause is also interesting because the, the the court has said, you know, police can conduct a search if there's probable cause evidence of a crime. And I didn't see that addressed in, in, in the uh, ruling here or the judgment as it was written. But, you know, I assume the fact that the plaintiff who had accumulated 15 tickets in that community over a three-year period, those – tickets that past history didn't amount to probable cause that would assume that they're likely going to violate parking laws again? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, argument there, Jim. And I think I think what it amounts to is that if the court allowed that, then it's kind of what he considered bootstrapping because you didn't have – the officer never had probable cause for the first time chalk was placed on that, uh, the, the, the first parking infraction. That would have been – because that's the, the – the, the, um, you know, crime or the offense wouldn't have happened until later on after the car is there too long. So the chalk isn't even on a car that's suspected yet of being of violating the the parking ordinance. So there's not even an individual suspicion yet when the chalk is placed on that car. So I think that's part of what they they required or what they pointed out in this decision. Um, you know, was that the placing of the chalk mark was before any individual individualized suspicion of wrongdoing about that vehicle. So. I think it goes back to the first time 
the chalk is placed on that car. But as far as a pattern of behavior, that's an interesting argument, Jim. I love it. You know, if I, depending on what situation, I, I would, I would maybe make that argument. But I think they, they you know, they ultimately would rule as bootstrapping or, or, or you know, ga- um, artificially creating probable cause with the with the officer's own actions. You know, I, I have probable mm-hmm. cause to believe this car is parking here too long because I wrote it 14 other tickets before. Well, you know, it, it, it leads us to say, okay, let's look at those other 14 times, you know. Interesting. Okay, well, great conversation, as always, with Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore uh, here on Liberty and the Law. And I've already referenced past podcasts a few times, which leads me to two items. One, we have a, an excellent archive of, of several years' worth of episodes, um, which can be found at Liberty and the Law on Blog Talk Radio or downloaded from LavelleLaw.com. And, and two, this case seems to bring together many of the legal topics we have covered in past discussions. So, you know, by all means, when we're done, please visit LavelleLaw.com. You can hear those past episodes, uh, read articles that James has written. Um, but, but for now, we've got a few minutes left. Let's continue this conversation. Um, a new term for me was introduced uh, in this case as well uh, called uh, community caretaker defense or community caretaker. Right. What, what is that all about? Well, community caretaking would be one of those exceptions to a warrant requirement. Now, it really what it, what it amounts to is say an officer um, gathers evidence of a crime without even trying to find it. You know, it's really um, – the officer is being uh, is doing something that's totally divorced from a law enforcement scenario, um, you know, such as looking out for health and welfare. Let's say uh, a good example: um, somebody with a suspected drug overdose has collapsed on a sidewalk. You know, the officer first on the scene, he starts doing some CPR or whatever medical, you know, uh, may have a, an EpiPen or something, or some kind of pen to, to help out there. Any, whatever the case is. In the course of that treatment, if he comes across the evidence of drugs, right, um, mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily searching that person for it. It was something he discovered in the course of providing medical treatment, or which would be the community caretaking function, trying to look out for the health and welfare of somebody and not even looking for evidence of a crime or thinking about law enforcement when he's doing it. So that's what it's evidence discovered in the course of something else, some other, other function. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case... Uh, they, the city tried to argue that the you know, the function on the part of the officer was community caretaking, that the uh, and parking enforcement is for community safety, um, you know, ultimately protecting the public. But the court ruled specifically they found it to be a revenue-gathering uh, exercise and not uh, community caretaking. So they, they, you know, they did not find that that was an exception in this case for the warrant requirement. Um, but it's a very interesting argument. They... I would expect more on that at the at the circuit court or at the back at the district court level when they duke this one out some more. Yeah, because, well, Saginaw did not dispute at all that it was a search. They just justified it under that element, uh, community caretaker. Now, you you brought up a topic here that I just knew you were going to, and um, we have to get into it, which is uh, the fact that parking tickets are a means of raising revenue. I and mean, we talk about law enforcement and crime prevention, but. Um, you know, the Court of Appeals ruling doesn't really recite the factors that were found in the lower court process and the dismissal, but it seems by reference in their 10-page ruling 
that the city of Saginaw didn't hide from the fact that checking tires is, or chalking tires is, is done to enforce parking regulations, and that's a means of raising revenue. And the court sort of said, well, that, that doesn't really count, does it? Right, right. And I think there's more at the, at the uh, you know, at the local level on, on the revenue raising. But I I don't know. That was kind of a, one of those things when I read the decision, I think we had the same thought. Like, oh, they didn't, they, the court didn't throw a lot at that. They just concluded it was revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. They didn't justify it with you know even a paragraph of how they knew that. But I'm figuring yeah. they had facts in front of them at some point that allowed them to make that decision. Um, yeah. But if not, you know, it, it has the facts have to be on their record for the appellate court to consider. To consider. So mm-hmm. it, along the way, it, it should have been there. But it, it's a good question. Well, as, as we talk about often uh, constitutional elements. Um, in the opinion, Justice Donald noted that, and I'll quote here, while the city is entitled to maintain efficient, orderly parking, the manner in which it chooses to do so is not without constitutional limitation, end quote. That must be music to your ears. It is. And any lover of the Constitution, you know, there's, there's limits. And the, the Constitution is exactly what it does, is place limits on, on government bodies and, and, you know, people and what they can do. And, uh I don't think this this decision was was overbroad. I don't think they overstepped bounds. They, I think they they had a, a, a decision limited to the facts in this case, and they said no, this is this is unconstitutional. So it's it's uh, you know it's it's, it's it, there's not proper limitations here. So and I know you can't crystal ball all of this, but we know many communities around here do chalk tires. So so this again, this just overturned the dismissal. So. At this point in time, are we led to believe that local communities can continue chalking? I mean, nothing has been stated to say that they can't do that. Is that right? I would advise them to follow this. This is an opinion by a U.S. Uh, appellate court stating that this practice is, in, un, is unconstitutional. Um, okay. You know, and it, I would advise any local, you know, revenue-raising you know, endeavors to be, you know, if they're – to not be so outside the judicial process. I think that was part of what happened there. It's, it, it, there's no, um, you know, any, like a warrant issued without, or a search without a warrant is outside the judicial process. So they either want, you know, something that's not trespass, not marking vehicles. I, I could see, you know, taking a photo of a vehicle wouldn't necessarily violate uh, this, uh-huh. the law here. So, but I think this will have repercussions as far as enforcement activities for any host of things that, that cities and municipalities enforce with, with codes and, and, uh, and whatnot. So, the, you know, it, they'll have to take a, a, another look at their practices to see if there's any trespass to a vehicle or any, anything along those lines um, you know, to, be in, to, to comport with this decision. Well, my thanks to James Dorr. We're kind of up against the time. I know we'll revisit this topic again soon and uh, certainly look forward to having you back with us again. Visit lavellelaw.com, 847 Seven zero five seven five 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 to reach James. Thanks so much for listening.